Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. This is Dr. Lee Warren here, and I am getting ready to give you a Wild Card Wednesday episode. This has been a frustrating morning. I've been working on hooking up new gear and testing things, and this is the first episode that I will have recorded with a brand new mixer. And so we're going to see how that sounds and what it looks like. Um, we going to be taking some days off here to work on audio and some new new things for you. So we're going to see how it goes. And I've got just a couple of little ideas about the three levels of self-brain surgery for you this morning and a breakthrough from scripture that I found in my Bible study time this morning that I think will be helpful to you. We're going to get after it in just a second. But before we do any of that, my friend, I have one question for you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. Okay, we are going to get after this idea that I've found in my Bible study time this morning. I've been thinking about, and we've talked several times lately, about the different levels of self-brain surgery. If all you're interested in is hacking your neuroscience so you can get your brain under a little bit better control, if you've recognized perhaps that your thinking is a problem for you, that you've got a limiting story or you're hearing negative voice in your head and you want to get that under control, you can become a little bit happier, maybe 10% happier, maybe a little more, by just working on the idea that you can learn to put a little pause between the stimulus that life brings you, the negative thought, the irritating thing, the thing that somebody says to you or cuts you off in traffic, and your normal response that you don't think about. You, if you put a little space in there, you can make a better decision about how you respond. You can recognize that maybe feelings aren't facts or that not all your thoughts are true, and you can you get a little control of that, and you can get a little happier by doing that. And I want you to think about... If we talk about prehab as part of our treatment plan for how we're going to become more resilient and feel better and become healthier and be happier and all that, then the 10% model is programming, okay? We're working just on the programming side, on, on writing new synapses, automating new behaviors, and not having to think so much about our thinking, that we're thinking more about our thinking so that we don't have to respond and react in the ways that we always have, but we can take better control of them and over time, that'll automate, and we won't have to think so much about not being so negative. So that's the 10% model is programming, okay? But we also have discovered through understanding neuroscience and really getting deep into the weeds of understanding how our brains work, we can learn more about our nervous system, learn more about how the life interacts with our brain and how other people and different parts of our bodies are all connected and how we can use the science of epigenetics to understand that we're not stuck with our genes and we're not just born this way and we can do all that kind of stuff. And we can really learn then to get better control of our thought processes and our lives in all aspects, even our heart rate and our blood pressure and everything comes into better control and we feel better and we actually become healthier when we understand how our brains operate and how to take control of that and use it to our advantage. And that's preparation. 
So we've talked a lot of times. So the significantly happier model is if you think about how that prehab works, it's not just programming, but it's preparing for the inevitable hard things that life is going to bring us. Does that make sense? We've talked lots of times about this incredible book that I read by Chris Voss, who was an FBI hostage negotiator. And he said, hey, when pressure's on, you don't rise to the occasion. You don't turn into some kind of superstar. You fall back to the level of your preparation. And we saw this actually in action in the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl is an annual football game between Auburn University and the University of Alabama. And last week, all of us Auburn fans had our hearts broken because it looked like Auburn was going to win that game. There was just about a minute left to play. Alabama had fourth down and goal from like the 35-yard line or something. And and all Auburn had to do was stop that play from becoming a touchdown, and they were going to win the Iron Bowl severely underranked, not not ranked, severely underrated, way underdogs in this game. Auburn had a chance to win in the last play, and Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Milrow, somehow miraculously completed a 31-yard pass or 30-something-yard pass into the end zone, and a kid named Bond, Isaiah Bond, made an incredible catch, and they won the game. Alabama won the game when it looked like all was lost. And when they interviewed the, the quarterback, Jalen Milrow, after the game, He said, hey, a football game is 60 minutes. We don't play 59 minutes. We don't play 59 minutes and 30 seconds. We don't don't play less than 60 minutes. We play to the the last whistle, and it's not over until it's over. And we we don't get freaked out when we're behind. We just fall back on our preparation and our training. He basically quoted Chris Voss. And what he said was, hey, there's a lot of pressure on us. There's less than a minute to go. We're behind. But we've trained for this. Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, said it. We have a play for that. We're down. We got to score a touchdown. We have a play. We know where the receivers are going to go. The quarterback knows who is going to throw the ball. We prepare for that. It's a good example of how you can learn to be significantly happier by just preparing better. Run a better prehab program and get your brain under better control. And you can learn how to handle the stresses of life in a more automated and and efficient way. And you can have more success at, at getting your mind working for you instead of against you. So that's the significantly happier prehab process. Instead of just programming, instead of just hacking your nervous system, you're actually preparing it to help you, okay? But then there's this infinitely happier level because if you've been through something really hard, if you've had a massive thing, I got emails yesterday all day long. People had a child that had a stroke and was hemiplegic from birth. They lost another child. Somebody's husband died. There's just terrible terrible distress you got on our prayer go out onto our prayer wall and there's people in great peril and great danger and great heartache and and they're struggling with their finances and they're having real pressure and i would just submit to you after having lost a son after having been through a divorce after having been to war all those things that happen 10 percent happier or even significantly happier is not enough to get you back to some place that feels like you again after you've been through something really massive, it feels almost infinitely hopeless. You've been crushed beyond reason. And you need more than a little bit of improvement in your peace of mind, hope, happiness, all those things, to get back to what even feels like equipoise, to sort of get back to where you feel almost normal again, right? So I believe that that's why we are created with a mind that can communicate and upgrade the hardware of our brain. The software of our mind can upgrade the hardware of our brain. We know that meditation and prayer actually makes your brain grow physically. So you can improve the hardware, the structural function and behavior and anatomy of your brain by changing how you think. That's clear from neuroscience research now. 
but also that that mind gives you a almost like a Wi-Fi network interface with your creator who can help you become even better by operating your brain like he wants you to so he can communicate and come into your story and help you in those hard times. And that, my friend, is how we become infinitely better, able to manage the hard things in life. Okay, now let me give you the scripture. I'm doing my Bible time this morning. I find this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18, and 19. This is the, I've told you before that I thought Ephesians 4 was maybe the, the short, Ephesians 4 and Romans 12 and Philippians 4 are the three different sort of levels of self-brain surgery, but here's one even more succinct, okay? Even more succinct, First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. If you want to operate your brain on an infinitely higher level and communicate with your creator so that he can come into your story and help you manage your mind and therefore turn your thoughts into better things and have a better life than you've been having after you've been through massive things, here it is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. But for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what's Jesus's will for you? What's God's will for your life? He wants you to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Well, we've been talking about that on the neuroscience side. When you choose to, to focus your mind on something more hopeful, more positive, more, more joyful in a difficult situation, then your brain gets more clear, you, cl- you declutter, and you don't focus on the negative things that are dragging you down into stuckness and sort of being in that cingulate gyrus place where you can't move forward and you're, you're stuck in neutral and your foot's on the gas and you just can't move forward because you're going to choose gratitude and joy. You're going to pray without ceasing, which is your ability to communicate with God so he can tell you and give you better ideas. And we know that people who pray and meditate start to hear better thoughts in their head. They start to make better decisions. Their brain, their hippocampus grows. The parts of your brain that give you resilience and strength and decision-making capabilities get bigger when you pray and meditate. That's why he says pray without ceasing, okay? And we also know that when you switch on your task positive network, as we talked about yesterday and on Friday, or rather on Monday and on Friday of last week, when you pray and meditate and think and you switch into that task positive network, you get your default mode network less self-focused and improve the baseline of where your thinking goes when you're not actively thinking about or doing something. That's why pray without ceasing works. It means you don't just let your thoughts run amok. Okay, how do you rejoice always? Let's say you're on the beach and you're invading, you're part of the Normandy invasion and D-Day and you're getting shot at and bombed and all of that. You have two things to think about, okay? You can think, holy cow, these guys are shooting at me and I'm gonna get blown up and I'm gonna die and I better hide under this rock and I better not move forward. You can think about that. And if you do, what's gonna happen? Your heart's gonna race. You're gonna become incredibly self-focused on not dying and you're gonna hide behind that rock and eventually one of those snipers is gonna zone in on you and kill you. Because you're not moving. If you're sitting still, you're in danger and you're going to get blown up, right? Or you can say, whoa, that was close. Thank you, God. I'm so glad that bullet didn't hit me. Wow, I got shot, but it's only in the arm and I can put a tourniquet on that and I can keep going forward and I didn't die. Thank you, Lord, for that. You see what I mean? You can switch into this mode of choosing joy and gratitude for whatever you're going through, and you can then find better ways to move forward. You're like, holy cow, that was so close. I almost died. Thank you. And wow, look, I can see a path forward there. These guys on the left and right of me all got blown up, but the guys that went down this middle path made it to the next you know, safety place. I can do that. 
Thank you for showing me that. So you switch your mind into this rejoicing, giving thanks, praying mode, and then you don't dive into that hole of, oh, my word, I'm getting blown up. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm never going to amount to anything. You see what I mean? You just have a choice. You can't have both. You can rejoice and choose positivity bias, and you can choose to move forward under great fire and great stress and great peril and pray without ceasing and give thanks for the fact that even though this hard thing happened, you still have this other thing. And even though this happened, you still have an opportunity to move forward and you can find a way over time for God's promises to start coming true for you and all that stuff. And that's what we've talked about it a million times on the podcast. Like I can tell you without any doubt, that 10 years after losing my son, it is not a good thing. And I am infinitely sad about losing him. But over time, I've gained this perspective that God has kept his promise that good things have come about in our life. We have been more conformed to Christ. We have helped probably hundreds of thousands of other people who are bereaved and difficult, having difficult situations now because we've been willing to talk about what God's done in our lives. We've been able to help other people and I'm, I've grown and my marriage is better. My, my relationship with my kids is better because I've learned that you can lose somebody and you better pay attention and you better start today and you better hold on to the people that are around you. And, and so all of that is just to say that if you can focus your mind on ways that God is showing up, on ways to see that there is still purpose and meaning for you, then you can actually start to move forward and that turns out, Paul says here in First Thessalonians 5, that turns out to be what the will of God in Christ is for you. And the last one is don't quench the Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is trying to help you. But he's a gentleman. He doesn't scream. Tata and I talked about that recently. He'll walk on by if you don't invite him in. He doesn't scream. He's just there. And he wants to help you. And that's what I, when I talk about how our brains are like a Wi-Fi network, that's what I mean. Like, like if you say, hey, I'm going to connect to the network. I want to hear you. I want you to talk to me. I want you to be with me in this moment. I want you to give me peace and help me out. And he will. He will. He's there for you, friend. And so the whole question is, how do you want to run your prehab program? Do you want it to just be programming so you just learn to hack the neuroscience or do you want it to be preparation so that when you're under pressure you fall back to a level that's a little bit more manageable and a little bit more efficient or do you want to actually have presence because it's not just programming and it's not just preparation but God's will in Christ for you is that you don't quench the spirit that you rejoice always you give thanks you pray without ceasing you communicate with him you train your default mode to be more resilient and that, my friend, is how you become healthier and feel better and be happier. That's how you find abundance in the midst of the hard life. That's how you find hope and peace and meaning and purpose and happiness and joy and resilience and strength and all of that stuff again instead of being stuck with your cingulate gyrus unable to help you move forward and stuck in rumination and, and fear and shame and loss from the past and all that stuff. That's how you move forward, my friend. And the good news about all of it is that you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan 
for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audiobooks. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter, Self Brain Surgery, every Sunday since 2014, helping people in all 50 states and 60-plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today.